Hey everyone, welcome back to the Longevity Muscle Podcast. I'm Kenny, your host, and we are here for a part two with none other than lifetime natural bodybuilder and 12-time British champion, Robert Feezy. If you haven't checked out part one, highly recommend you do that first because this is a continuation. So let's get right into it. Enjoy. Let's see, where do I want to take this? Because... Back, back for a second. Let's go back for a second. We were talking about Dorian Yates, yeah. and that seems to be a cultural thing within the UK. Funny enough, um, the one person that really inspired me for training was one of my best friends in bodybuilding, actually. His name's Andy Palmer. Ever heard of him? No. He's a well, he's basically a British legend. He's he's um I have to get in touch like, then. You you want to get in touch with Andy. He's a very quiet man, very humble. Um, but I've always held Andy in a in the highest of regards. Um, yeah, he motivated me. I remember when I was first starting off when I was a novice. Um, he was like he was like the best in Britain, and even though we we train differently, he trains a bit more like Ian Duckett. He he does a few sets. So we trained totally differently. Um, I always held him with the highest regard. I still do. Um, you know, as, as, as far as the word legend goes, you know, that can be banded about very easily. And in my book, Andy is one of the very, very few, what I would call legends that have ever come out of Britain. So he motivated me just just to see him on stage. I actually see him backstage. We used to chat. And I thought, God, you've got a physique. Now, he's got a... He's a bit like me in a way. We're not pretty bodybuilders. We're more kind of rugged. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Think so. Andy had like the... The epitome of ruggedness. He was like a, oh, just amazing. He's st- he's still amazing now. I think he won. I think last year he won the Britain and he won. I think he won the universe. I think. Um, Is he in his sixties as well? No, he's in his fifties. Okay, interesting. But he'd be worth it. As I said, he's a very quiet, humble man. But yeah, I, I, if you're looking for. Asking me who inspired me, I think it was Andy, to be honest. Awesome. I'll I'll have to see if I can get in touch with him and see if he'd be interested in a chat because it sounds like he'd be a great yeah. uh, guest for the show. I think he would. I, th- I think he would. He's everyone respects him. He's um, yeah, he is. He's, he's a great bloke. Is That's he on? Andy. Is he on uh, Facebook as well? He's on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, he's okay, on my great. friends list, actually. He's. Um, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. But continue with what you were about to say there. Yeah, I I was... I was... You were talking about Dorian Yates. I've got I've got a story for you, if you're interested. Yes. Um, I was doing a competition many, many years ago. It was, it was a local. It was the Devon Spring Classic, it was called. That's part of England, down the south of England. And uh, in my in my uh, class was a, a, a chap called Jason Corrick. 
this was an open. It was Jason. It was I think it was two or three times Nabba Mr. Universe. Huge. About two or three inches taller than me and about six stone heavier. Built like a fridge. Huge. Anyway, we, we were on stage in the lineup. And um, unfortunately, Jason beat me by one point in the overall. Um, but anyway, I digress. Uh, my friend Roy Duval was in the audience with Dorian Yates. And they were sat together. And uh, Dorian said, when I came out, Dorian said to, to Roy, he said, who the effing hell is that? He's absolutely awesome. Um, talking about me, probably the best compliment I've ever had. And what he said to Roy said to him, he said, believe it or not, he's lifetime natural. And Dorian said, no one can look like that naturally. I'll wow. wager, I'll put on the line my six Sandos, his six Olympia titles, to state that he's not natural. He wouldn't believe it. And Roy and Roy Roy said, you know, told him he is, he is. But he wouldn't have it. He wouldn't Dorian wouldn't believe it. So probably that's my greatest ever compliment. That's incredible. You should have the six sandals right behind you on a shelf then. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he would have handed them over. <laughs> but that's, that's actually awesome. that that's the truth. That's actually what he said. He wouldn't believe that anyone naturally could get like that. Wow. Did you end so, up chatting with him after or oh yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, that that's just one of the that was uh that was a hell of a compliment in a way. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's a great compliment. Something to uh remember for sure. Yeah. I wanted to I wanted to ask you this with regards to your training to go back for a second, because we were talking yeah. about how you approached it when you were competing. And you mentioned you trained yeah. six days per week. You did two exercises yeah. per body part, but you did lots of sets, right? And you yeah. noticed you noticed for you personally that the reps would actually increase from set to set, even after putting in what you felt was yeah. a lot of effort per set. And I I know I know it doesn't make sense, does it? You, you well, would think the more the more yeah. you were fatigued, the less you could do. You have to remember that when I said like like say I, I took it over five sets, what I'm saying is every set. I gave a hundred percent. I always do. So I always go to failure. I, n I never, I'm, I go to my last rep. You know what? I wonder what it might be. If it's the fact that you worked in that mid range and you avoided the extremes of the motion. I wonder yeah. if that has an influence of it because most people who are doing yes. the, yeah, I'm having, I have, yeah. I'm one. Cause I can't look. The reality is, is you're someone with tons of experience. If you're saying you're going to failure or close to failure, I mean, we're taking your word for it, right? Like, it's not like you're a rookie, right? So no, no. I, it ha it, I'm wondering now if it's the fact that you train in that mid-range only or exclusively versus exploring the extremes. And I wonder if that would have had an influence on reps falling off from set to set. No, I think, I think you've nailed it. I think you've got yeah. it. There, there is definitely a, a yeah, I, 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 can, I can agree with you on that. It's probably the way I was training. Maybe if I was doing a full range of movement, a complete full range, maybe it would have tailed off. 
Right. But I've ne- I, I wouldn't know because I ne- I've never really, you know, as, as I said, I have done full range, but I don't, I used to do the odd set here and there. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the, the bulk of all my training that I've ever done has always been in that sweet spot, what I call the sweet spot. And as far as how you would like to arrange the training, like if we're talking about a productive period where you felt, ah, this is really, I'm really enjoying this. This is what it is. What did that look like? Was it, you mentioned you had like, I believe you said chest and back one day. Was it legs the next day, shoulders and arms? That's right. Yeah, I I used to do. The Arnold split? If I was doing a six day, for example, uh, my split would be something like, if I can remember correctly, I used to do chest and back on a Monday. Then I do quads on a Tuesday. So that would be like back squats and maybe a hack squat machine. Uh, Wednesday was calves and abdominals. So that would just be a standing calf raise and seated seated calves and a couple of different abdominal moves. Um, Thursdays was was shoulders and again back um friday was always deadlifts um in fact when i was doing deadlifts that that was when that was kind of when i hit my kind of downward slope i was doing i i used to do a lot of ordinary deadlifts um and I used to really bang the reps out. I used to like if I was if I had like 180 kilos, for example, I was doing like about 20 reps per set. And I do five or six sets like that. And I remember I was probably in my second or third set one day and I hit about the fifth rep. And my hamstring went like a rubber band. And I was never the same after that. That was basically me done at the top. It took probably a couple of years for my hamstring to recover properly. And I still couldn't do. In my 40s, I can't think when. Probably, probably later 40s, I would think. 48, 49, perhaps. Um, And ever since then, I could only ever do romanian deadlifts it was um so i had i I was still doing deadlifts later on but i could never do the traditional ordinary deadlift um and i just feared for my hamstring again I, i could i could feel it you know it was um but if i did it with a more straighter leg and i was taking out the movement from the knee joint so most of the movement was the flexion from the hip. Then my hamstring seemed to be okay. So, so I was still doing a variation. Not very interesting. What I wanted to say, so you had the deadlift day, and then after the deadlift day on day six, what was it? Yeah. I don't remember. No, I think I went, I probably, I went back to calves again. I think I trained calves twice a week at the time, calves and abs. Oh. Uh, calves have always been my weak point um thing is with my my structure um it was a bit off balance which for me was great because i've always believed that this is about being unique 
and not uniform. Um, and trouble with me is I had a massive back. My back was huge, which kind of unbalanced me a bit. So my calves, my calves were never great. So my, so with a huge back and smaller calves, I was never the most pretty physique in the world. <laughs> I was very rugged, but it, it made me unique. Um, that was that was a strong part for you, your back. What did you do specifically? So you did the deadlifts. You had the deadlift day. Was it deadlifts by itself, by the way? Was that like you went in only deadlifts? That was it. Um, yeah, I think it was actually. And it was I'm, like I'm, what I'm, six sets, like how you were mentioning before. Yeah, it would have been six work sets. Yeah, six work. Yeah, so that's a that's a heavy duty workout still, with um, especially with high effort, right? Yeah. On your actual, or I should say, on the day you also trained back, you had another day where you trained back, right? What did that yeah. include exactly? Because I'm curious. Back training. Um, yeah, it, it was either a, a a bent row with an easy bar, usually reverse grip like Dorian Yates used to do, um, uh, or a, 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 a single dumbbell off a bench, a dumbbell row. I used to do a lot of those and just chin ups, weighted chin ups. You know, I used to tie, I used to tie like about, I don't know, 40 or 50 kilos around my waist and then do about six sets with that. So the sets, pretty standard across most exercises, about six sets or so. Yeah. And yeah, generally, generally. And the rep range, what did you find that was most productive for you, given your style, yeah. like your unique approach with the mid-range, working with in the mid-range? Yeah, yeah. Um, my reps were always high. That makes sense. Always high. But is it, again, it's dependent on what exercise I was doing. For example, if I was doing chin-ups, the rep range between, so I was doing five or six work sets, it could be anything between 11 and, and 20 reps. As I was saying earlier, my first set might be 11, and by the fifth set, I might have been doing 19, 20 reps. And that's still with the same load strapped to you? Yes. Okay, for the listeners, so they get an idea, right? Interesting. Yeah. And um, was, that a, was that a common theme you saw across all exercises, where you'd notice that the reps much. would increase? Yeah, pretty okay. much. And, and if, I was doing, if I was doing, say, squats, for example, I used to do very, very high, but you've got to remember that it was always mid-range movements, as we said earlier. So I used to get into a, like, like I was like a piston. I was going up and down, up and down. Um, but I used to incorporate many different strategies within that set. So believe it or not, I used to take sets, one set. I used to, I could do a hundred reps plus in one set. I used to, I used to honestly, I was doing stupid numbers. Um, and, and in, and in that I, I could do lots of different, I could do rest pause. I could do very small reps. I could do fuller range. Sometimes I, I do, I do a parallel squat within that. I, I, I used to juggle around within that set, but I used to do a lot of reps, shoulder presses, for example. I, I used to, um, I used to do a really, really odd shoulder press. Um, I used to use one dumbbell. I used to uh, 
build up to a, a 52 kilo dumbbell. And I used to have a bench set up and I used to swing the dumbbell up as I fell into the bench. So I, I started with the dumbbell on the ground. And as I lifted it up to my shoulder, I used to fall into the bench. And as I fell in, I then push it up to arm to, to extension. And, and then I used to, I could do anything to over 30 reps per set with a 52 kilo dumbbell, which actually is exceptionally difficult because you're lopsided. You've only got weight in one hand. And it takes immense effort to actually do that. I, I challenge anyone. If you use two, you're balanced. If you use one, it's amazing. And also, there's a huge element of danger as well. I Sometimes, it didn't happen that many times, but sometimes my feet used to give away. And then the weight, you used to chuck it out to the side so it didn't land on my head. And I used to go flying. <laughs> wow. That's happened to me a few times. I can only but imagine. The, that's just part of the things I, 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 I've done. Remember, as, as I said right at the beginning, my training is not orthodox. It never has been. I made it up as I went. As I said, it was all about a feel. I never went by the books. I never went by anything. I, I used to, um, I remember once, when I first started, I bought a book. Um, it was called, it was by a, a, an author, Stuart McRobert, his name. And I can't, the life of me, think of what the book's called now. Um, but it was, a, it was like a, a natural training book. And it was very, very basic. But I actually gleaned quite a bit of information from that book. Um, it was basically structured on just basic freeway exercises, gradually building up the resistance, the intensity, and so on. And he also he was also a stickler for doing very few exercises, even though. And also, he didn't do many sets. That's part that I I branched off on my own. But the the thing that I did take from that book. I think it was called Brawn, actually, the book. Um, what I did take from it was just a few exercises, very basic free weight. Um, and that's what I built my my program on. I suppose that also had to do with the fact that that's all you had access to. You were working out in your garage, right? Yeah, but it was it was because I wanted to. Okay. It was, that motivated it was, you? Did that excite you? Yeah. You okay. see, well, bodybuilding for me is a very pure sport. I, 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 I equate it to, do you remember the great masters of, of the martial arts? Um, back 100 years ago, people that, that, I think his name was Yoshiba, and then there was Kano. The, the, these were, I, I remember... Kano was the founder of, of modern judo. Yoshiba was the founder of Aikido. Ever heard of Aikido? It's another, another martial art. Um, but people like that, they were very humble men who built their lives. It, it, was, it was their passion around 
their martial art. Well, I I equate lifting weights to a kind of a martial art. It, it's a way. It's a uh, it's more than a sport. It, it it's a uh, it's a way of life, and it is for me. So it's 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 a lot more than a sport for me. It's not that. a pastime. Right. It's 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 something that I just naturally just evolved into basically do you think about training a lot or aspects of it does that excite you when you like for example if you know you're going to do a workout the next day and maybe it's changed now that you're older but yeah i i I still love the idea of training yeah yeah i i i I don't know i I, i'm in my element when i'm when i train and and the thing is maybe with me is i'm very self-motivated I don't need to train in gymnasiums. I don't need any input, any feedback, nothing. All it is is me and my mirror. I love that. Hopefully one day I'll get another training facility built when I can afford it. Um, okay. It's, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long-term love affair with me. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a, it's a way of life. It, it's yeah. just something I do. It, it's it's what I love. I think I think all men in a in a way have a passion, don't they? It's 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 a very masculine thing. Some men love cars, motorbikes, uh, they might follow a football team, something. We all need a kind of a, a passion. And I think this is mine. Nice. Yes. And I think a lot of the listeners can relate. With yeah. regards to the fact that you're in the UK, you're are you in did you say you were in England specifically? Yeah, England. Yes, England. right at the bottom of England. Yeah, yeah. About it. So, what's the football club that you're associated <laughs> there with? There isn't really any big clubs around me. Okay, okay. Did uh, you? Are you into football at all, or is it uh, just yes, lifting? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm a, a Man United fan. Yeah, Man United. Okay, all right. Yeah. What do you think of uh, Ten Hag? How he's doing with the club? Um, I think he's got a very hard job there. Uh, to be honest, I, I don't think anyone could take that team on at the moment. I, th- I think Jose Mourinho tried, um, Van Gaal tried. You know, top, top managers. They just can't get it. I think when Alex Ferguson uh, retired, I, I think it's going to be a long time before they find anyone that can fill his shoes. Um, I heard a rumor that Jose Mourinho wants to go back to Man United. Did you hear that as well? I have heard that. I don't think he. I don't think they'd have him back. Okay. I, I don't think so, but I have heard that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you watch? Do um, you watch the matches uh, every week? Or. Yeah, I, 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 I do. I don't go to football anymore. Um, I used sure. to when I was a lot younger. I, I used to go to football matches. Um, no, I just watch them on television on uh, yeah on sky channel and stuff yeah right right what what's your what did you do for a living or do you do for a living if you don't mind sharing oh so you're you're retired now pretty much yeah okay Um, i was uh i was a fitness instructor for about 40 odd years okay that makes sense then 
So I I used to I used to teach a lot a lot of aerobics classes, weight training classes. So I used to work in loads of places. So, yeah. Did you? I think. I think oh, go since, ahead. Sorry. Since COVID, since COVID, I've basically given up. Ah. Uh, but you made a. Would you say you made a good living doing that in the UK? Hey everyone, just a quick announcement. For those of you who have been enjoying the podcast and would love to show your support, you can hit the become a member link or the support the show link in the show notes and it will take you to our Patreon page where you can become a Longevity Muscle VIP member. Your contribution to the show will not go unnoticed. It will go towards the resources and time required to continue scheduling, recording, editing, and publishing more episodes for you. Our goal is to continue with our weekly podcasting schedule. So your contribution helps grow natural bodybuilding. And for those of you who do contribute and become a member, you will receive exclusive early access to ad-free episodes in full to watch. So hit the link in the show notes, check out the page to see what we mean, and we'll catch you inside the group. That's all for now. Let's get back to the episode. Not really, no. Um, no. So it was mainly passion but, for you. But it was it was a very um, oh, I haven't made any money much. No, but enough to live on. Right. It was fulfilling though. Uh, like it was a was it a fulfilling career? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um That's important. Yeah. I think I think I think um I was naturally I've always wanted to be on stage. Um when I when I was a lot younger, I always aspired to be an actor. And um Reg Park dabble. And and I I yeah. I I remember I I I I think I got the message loud and clear. I I failed at about six or seven drama schools in England, um, including RADA twice, which is about the the, the top. Uh, and I and I think uh, the message came across pretty loud and clear that I wasn't any good. And then I dabbled into music, and I used to do um, pubs and clubs and things. I I I used to, I used to do that and. So I was naturally, I, I naturally was drawn to the stage, and and then I naturally got into bodybuilding, which again you're on stage, and I and I think teaching fitness classes where you've got like twenty or thirty women in front of you, it's like being on stage again. Right. Can you can you see what I mean? You're always going to. And I yeah. and I think um, yeah, I love it. I love it. That's great. Would you, is there anything specifically that you would have changed with all your years of wisdom with respect to your training or even your nutrition or how you approach bodybuilding or the lifestyle itself, anything at all, or would you not change a thing? You're happy with how things went. Um, I think there's always things you can change. I, I, I would have liked to have a bit more have a bit more money to buy a few more supplements, uh, a bit more protein, more creatine, that kind of thing. Back in the day, um, as far as my training goes, I don't think I change much. To be honest, um, well, let me put let me put it a different way. Any regrets? Yeah, yeah I, I guess maybe I should have 
started a bit younger. And secondly, if I'm being absolutely honest, I think I could have won a hell of a lot more titles. I never did. When I was at my peak, I never did enough competitions. There is a reason for that. I, I've i got a bit of a fear of flying. Ah, <laughs> interesting. So I'd never get on an aeroplane. So I never went to America where maybe I could have been on that circuit and so on. So that's um, where, yeah, that's where the WMBF, you could have done the world championships right. or the natural Olympia or anything like this. Yeah, yeah, this is it. I, I think when I was at my absolute zenith in my peak in my early 40s, um, I truly believe I had a lot more titles in me. Hmm. Maybe that's a regret. Um, but then again, it's a bit like a pro card. It's just a label, isn't it? Right, right. And you accomplished a lot. I mean, 11, 12 championship titles. Well, 12. That's. Well, to be honest, I've, if I gave you a rundown of my main titles, I've got. I've got 10 Great Britain titles. OK, I've got two, two United Kingdom titles, which okay. is the same thing, pretty much. So I'll say 12. Um. I've got one Mr. Wales and I've got one world title. The world title was in with what org? Oh, goodness. Um, the UIBBN, which was, it's the European version of the WMBF. Ah, okay. So they're based in France and Europe. Was um, it a big, was it a big world championships? How many competitors at that world championships? Yeah, it's, it's 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 pretty good. Yeah, but it's 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 slightly different. It's it's taking a lot of the best people from Europe. So it's like a Euro Cup, basically. Almost, but it did go out to America, Australia, uh, South Africa, other parts as uh, as well. Are um, they still around? Yeah, I don't know if they're called the UIBBN anymore, but yes, they are. Yeah. You never did the UK DFBA though, or did I say that right? UK DFBA. Yes, I, I, I have. Right. Oh, you have. Yeah, is that is that Lee Kemp's organization? I want to say yes. Yeah, probably is the the. I can't think what it's called myself. No, it's the it's the United Kingdom drug free something or other. Yeah, the UK um, yeah, DFBA. Yeah, yeah, the UK DFBA. The United Kingdom Drug-Free Bodybuilding Association. There it is. Yeah, that's Lee, Lee Kemp's organization. Yeah. Um, to be honest, what I learned through my career, and this is something that, that I'll I'll say to people now. All organizations judge differently. Hmm. That's my experience. Now I've 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 competed in a lot of federations, and I was never a UK. What are they called? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? UK DFBA. Yeah, I never had their physique, the physique they were looking for. Um, that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Whereupon, I had more a more of a an NPA physique. But I still wasn't what they were really looking for either. Now, where I was really 
at my best was in the EFBB or NABA in the drug organization. They judged me differently or what appeared to be differently. They weren't looking for the very aesthetic. I, I think I think I could be wrong here. This is just an opinion. All right. So, so th- th- this is what I feel. Um, I've always felt that the natural organizations go very much for aesthetics. They're very, very aesthetic led, which I don't have. As I said, I, I you could call it an ugly physique. Um, but it was what the EFBB and NABA loved. They were looking for, they were looking for muscle and being ripped. They were looking for freaks, not aesthetics. It was a totally, totally different. I, and I, and I realized that at the time that some organizations favored what i looked like where others didn't and i and i knew that um but i've always had st- a struggle in natural competitions because of my aesthetics always so so when i hit the stage i had to be absolutely dialed in i had to be a lot more shredded than anyone else on that stage i had to be um Purely to get the judge's attention. I had to stand out in some way because I knew I wasn't going to stand out. Like, it, for example, when was the last time I ever won the court, the comparison quarter turns? Never. I've never done well in round one, ever, because of, of, of the way I'm put together. What I used to win at was round two, the muscularity round. That's when I used to come into my element. Do you, do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what I'm trying to say is for people, experiment, go to different organizations. I knew that I used to be very good in Europe. I could always do well in Europe because I knew what they wanted. When you go to Europe, being ripped is king. The more shredded you are, the better you're going to be placed. That's in Europe. I knew that. And that's why I did well in Europe, because I was shredded. A lot of guys coming out of the UK had that next level, you could say, conditioning. When we say like how long. Yeah. And I wonder if that had to do with with what you're mentioning, just how they judge. Maybe it's a little bit different and what they were rewarding, at least at that time. So. I think well, now it's catching up, though. I think the WMBF is definitely conditioning is, well, a, is, you, a, is a huge priority or a huge, how should I say it, a priority for them? Like they want to see that? Yeah, I I, I think it's, it's catching yeah. up. It is different. Can I? That's probably what I'm known for the most of all. I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but. No, please. The, you were You were coming in really lean. Well, the, the point being is, is a lot of people say that, that maybe I started it. Interesting. I'm going to include some photos in this. When these come out on YouTube, I'm going to have I, to include some photos. 
send, I, make I, sure I, you I send me it, send me your best photos. Can you do that for I, me? I was I was I was send you some photos. Yes. Um, I remember back in I think it was in two thousand and two. I'd got an amazing shape, and I did the British pro am, and I beat Andrew Palmer in the in in the actual pro am. Um, and people said after that that they'd never seen a physique like it, and I changed the face of bodybuilding. Wow. Um, I recall lots of people have said that, and from that moment on, I think. Yeah, it, it, it's as I said. I, I what year was that again? Trumpet, what what year was that? Two thousand and two. No, that sounds about right. Like, I don't think that the level of leanness that we saw or that we're seeing now. I mean, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. Of course, yeah. it was not as common in the early two thousands, from when you're mentioning. So I, someone had to have brought that level. I, I, of I think. I think you should have asked someone like Mark Oakes or someone like that. You, right. You've done an interview with Mark. Yes, he, he yes. Probably, or Ian Duckett would tell you. Right. I'll have um, to bring it up uh, next time I'm chatting with one of these guys. I, I, yeah, I, I was, I was generally, generally sort of seen as the as the as the one that broke the mold at the time. Interesting. Okay. Um. So, yeah. So when you saw all the ripped people. It's generally seen as I'm the one to blame. Um, because at that time, I, I remember it distinctly. Um, I started dieting and I was doing that. I was doing the Devon Spring Classic, which I mentioned earlier with Dorian Yates and the thing in the audience. And when I started dieting, I just kept dieting. And I was dialing in and I'd never seen my physique like it before. And my glutes were getting, I was getting so shredded. It was just, it was getting silly. I was absolutely shredded everywhere. Um, it was incredible. And the more I was dieting, the, the more it was dialing in. And it just happened by accident. Did you work with anybody or was that all on your own? Like, did you have a coach? All on, all on my own. All incredible. But where did you learn well, how was, to diet? I learned how to I learned how to master dieting. Yeah, on my own. No books and, and no books. No. Oh, um, but when I was, um, I'll send you a, a diet sheet of what I used to eat. Yeah, I'll, I'll include I'll, it. I want to include I'll, it in the I'll, video. I'll, I'll include it for you. What Perfect. I was eating back in those days. I, I, I've got it written down. I've actually, I've actually got. I can remember. Um, but at the time, I was sponsored by a, by a, a firm called Udo's Choice. Do you know Udo's oil blend? No, no, it, it's 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 quite a it's it's an oil blend of omega three, six, and nine. Okay. Um, but at that time, I was actually I used to take that in the off season, and people used to think that I took it when I was when I was dieting, but I wasn't. I was actually taking flaxseed oil off the same company and when i was taking flaxseed oil which is pretty high in omega-3 um and i was taking about eight nine tablespoons a day i was taking a lot 
and I'm and I swear that must have helped a hell of a lot. Um, but it was just all by accident. It, it just did you yeah, carry on. Did you track calories? Like, were you big into that? Never, never. never. Interesting. I've, I've, Cardio? I've, no, very little. Oh, okay. Back in those days, I used to peak on two half an hour sessions a week on a bicycle. So all that based on feel, all based on feel. Everything, everything and look, based on and the feel. Look. I haven't, I haven't learned anything really, only from that initial book that I that I mentioned earlier. Um, everything I've done off my own back, the way I've 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 I've, I've done my dieting, my training. Um, it's just basically me in the mirror. I get no feedback from anyone. I just I just appear from the shadows. I people don't never used to see me for one year to the next, and then they just see me on stage. Um, I used to train in the most in, almost like a dungeon. It was an absolute rundown garage full of junk, litter, the odd mouse. You know, you know, uh, it was incredible that, that, but you were, that's the way I used you were motivated though yeah I've, I've always been so highly motivated i i i just am i don't need external motivation that's great I'm a, I'm a very very driven person um so, i always have been yeah yeah no that's uh that's inspiring to hear especially well, how's your motivation now at 62? You mentioned that you might want to compete again. I'd like to think so. I, I would love to. Whether I do or not is a, is a different matter. But, um, yeah, I just love being on stage. I, 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 think, I think when you go into a competition, it just gives you that focal point. At the moment, I, I'm, I just train for the love of it. Um, you know, even just with exercise tubes, uh, it's it's still training, and but there's no there's no motivation in the way I've got no goal. The yeah. only goal I've got now is to look good in the mirror, to feel good, right? To um to to just just to get that pump when you train, the exhilaration of the training, because you know as as I've mentioned a couple of times, even even with with rubber bands you've you can get a hell of a workout with these things if you know how to use them right because re remember muscles don't know the force implied all a muscle knows basically is tension stretch relax it, it, it's, it's it's just stretch and contraction rather it, it's just tension so now carry no, on. no, I was going to say that's uh, I'm glad that we, we got into all that and anything you want to end off with anything you want to end off with. Um, well, all I can say is it's probably the the bodybuilding lifestyle. I don't even like the term bodybuilding, to be honest. I, I, I just don't. It's just it's just resistance training. It, it's. It's just a, I don't know. The, the muscles call for it. I, 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 I think we've, 
I, th- I, th- I think naturally we're meant to be muscular. I, th- I think I think we evolved uh, probably prehistoric man hundreds of thousands of years ago. They were a lot stronger and fitter than we are. I I, th- I think um, I think that's been researched quite widely. Um, and they, I just think it's our natural state. I, 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 you know, otherwise, why do we adapt? Why do our muscles adapt to, to implied force if it's not what they're meant to do? Um, so I would say to anyone, take up weight training. It's, it's probably the, the greatest sport there is. And it's more than a sport. It's a lifestyle. It's an art. It's a science. It, it it encompasses so much. It's not just sticking, getting yourself up on stage in a pair of shorts. It's not just that. It's a, it's a, it's a whole year. It's it's three hundred and sixty five days of the year. You 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 you're, you know, it's as I said. I've said this a few times. It's a way of life, and you'll find that there's a huge knock on effect from it. Not only physically you feel better, but psychologically your yeah. confidence goes through the roof. Um, your self belief, your contentment—it's—it's—it's it's, it's amazing what being in shape does. And I—I've noticed this so much. When you're in shape, you feel good. When you feel good, you don't need external things. You don't need to buy that big car. You don't need all these possessions of these because you already feel contented. Why would you need it? So life becomes simpler. It becomes easy. It becomes natural. I love that. That is a beautiful way to end off. I think there's so much value in this episode, and I'm sure the listeners are really going to enjoy it. If they want to get in touch with you, they have a question. Is the best yeah. place to reach you on Facebook? If they reach out to you on Facebook, if they have a question, is that okay? Yeah, yeah. If, if people want to ask me a question, get to me on Facebook through Messenger. Um, I don't do emails. I do. I. I. I I'll just work on Messenger, basically. Um, yeah, of course. If anyone wants any, any, got any questions or. You know, as as I, as I say, there's there's many ways to look at this sport, and if you took five bodybuilders and put them all in a room, they'd all probably give you a different story. They'd all probably have their own way, their own little idiosyncrasies on how they train or they eat. It's like you mentioned earlier. Some people they measure food out to the gram to the nth degree never done that in my life near enough is good enough for me mm. um i don't structure it in time i eat when i when i eat and i've always been like that the only thing that i found when i was in competition dieting was i ate the same thing every day i never used to fluctuate very very rarely did i have a cheat i might have one cheat meal a week and that was it and and i never i once i got focused and i was zoned in i i stuck with that 
I was very, very psychologically disciplined to actually stay with it, to to reach that desired state that I knew that I needed in order to compete. Um, so yeah, I I think my self discipline is is just yeah, I've got a lot of it. I think nice. Um, if you if you want me to uh, come on it again. If you've got any other questions or anything else you can think of, then I, I would love to. I've I've really enjoyed it. This is this has been a pleasure. Um, I haven't done this kind of thing for quite a while now, um, for many many years, and uh, I just love sharing what I've gleaned from this. Um, and so so thank you very much for inviting me onto your channel. Oh, you're you're most welcome. Thank you for taking the time. If anybody wants to get in touch with you, they can reach you through the Facebook. I'll make sure to have the link in the description in the show notes. Robert, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure and an honor. And I look forward to sharing it with the listeners. For those of you tuning in, thank you so much. Make sure to check us out on YouTube. If you haven't already, subscribe. It helps grow the channel and the show. Make sure to share on social media, Instagram, etc. We'll reshare. And also leave us that five-star review on Spotify or iTunes if you're tuning in. Thank you so much. And until next time.